Welcome to a special edition of Civic, where we're bringing you audio from the most recent San Francisco press conference about the city's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Today, Mayor London Breed announced that the city is experiencing a concerning increase in local COVID-19 cases, and as a result, the city is temporarily delaying the reopening of certain businesses and activities that were scheduled to resume on Monday, June 29th. Those were to include hair salons, barbershops, nail salons, tattoo salons, museums, zoos, outdoor bars, and outdoor swimming. There is no change to businesses and activities currently allowed under the prior reopening phase. On Thursday, June 25th, the city saw 103 new cases. On June 15th, when the city first started to reopen outdoor dining and in-store retail, there were only 20 new cases. The following is a press conference with Dr. Grant Colfax, the director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health, where he answers some press questions about the rising numbers of infections. We're bringing you the full audio of that press conference with only pauses and silences removed in the interest of time. This announcement was made on June 26th. Welcome everyone to the media advisory for the Department of Public Health. Introducing Director Grant Colfax, Director of Health. Hi, good afternoon everybody. Um, I'm available for questions with regard specifically to our announcement today that we are um, pausing um, our, our reopening plans in the face of a greater rate of uh, positive uh, infections in our testing. Our first question from Karishma. Hi, so I am just wondering how long will this be delayed for? Yes, um, very good question. Uh, we'll have to look at how the data develops over um, the next uh, few days to have a better sense of, of um, how, how long things may need to be potentially delayed. As we've said, um, we really need to follow the data and science. Um, we have seen an uh, increase in our positivity rate. Um, the question is that curve, in other words, when we talk about flattening that curve, that curve is, is not flat right now. In fact, uh, that curve is uh, getting more and more vertical. Um, we hope um, that every, if everyone does their part to cover their face, social distance, and take good hygiene measures, uh, that that curve will start uh, going back down um, uh, and flatten, and uh, we will be able to move forward. But it will take time. Um, I think over the next few days, it will be especially uh, telling to see um, where, where, where we are with regard to, to that curve and whether we can uh, move forward uh, uh, with, with our reopening plans. Our next question comes from Dominic. Yes, hi. Um, I am just curious about uh, whether uh, there is any indication yet of any trends among this 103 new cases, uh, any sort of um, similarities or parallels among demographics, or if anybody is known to have participated in particular activities that may suggest there are uh, um, reasons beyond just the general community spread for these new infections. Yeah, so we are certainly taking um, a very hard look at that um, to see exactly if, if there's any indication that this is tied to um, any specific event. Um, we don't have any indication at this point that it's tied to a specific facility or an event, but uh, with our contact tracing, uh, partner notification efforts, um, we will do everything we can to, to better assess that. Um, and, you know, right now, 
there is evidence that this is, um, as we have had in San Francisco since the beginning of the epidemic, uh, there is certainly uh, a, a broader represent, a greater representation of Latinx um, diagnoses in, in these cases, uh, just proportionate to the population in San Francisco at large. And so um, we're seeing that pattern in, 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 this, um, in, in this increase as, as well. Um, I think, again, it, it will have to be looking at the next uh, few days in particular uh, to see whether um, that, that pattern is sustained and to specifically answer uh, the questions that you're asking. Thank you, Dominic, for your question. Rob Roth, go ahead. Yes, can you say if the uh, 103 are predominantly younger or what sort of strata age group uh, are we uh, finding? And again, I, I, I think I can't, I, I can't speculate on the 103, all those demographic characters, characteristics are not um, yet available. I think the important thing is, is that the rate of, of diagnosis has increased dramatically. Um, so uh, compared to where we were um, on our, in, in our data tracker, um, we've had a near doubling um, in the last couple of weeks of our rate of, of diagnosis of infections. Um, that curve is now uh, very, is, is quite steep. And I think as we know, um, as we're seeing nationally, and unfortunately at the state level, uh, these curves in terms of cases um, uh, precede a surge in hospitalizations by anywhere from two to three weeks. So we need to be very cautious and thoughtful as, as we move forward. Um, and again, we are taking um, a close look um, in evaluating the demographics and the age uh, distribution uh, to see if with this surge, these new cases are, are significantly um, uh, different or uh, how similar they are from our, from our uh, current, uh, our, 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 our cases before this, before this steep climb on the curve over the last few days. Thank you, Rob. Our next question comes again from Karishma. I am also curious, um, will there be a possibility that San Francisco can go into lockdown again if numbers continue to rise? Well, we're taking a pause here. Um, we're not. We're not reversing, um, and I think we're just. We're going to have to uh, uh, watch and watch the data. Um, I think one of the key um, points of moving forward, as we've always uh, emphasized, that um, as we reopen, because there is more virus around than ever before, that people need to take precautions. Um, I think this is a new, it's a uh, really important. Um, uh, a time to remind everyone to wear face coverings, to social distance, uh, to basically not let our guards down, not let our collective guard down. If we do that, I mean, we know how to we know how to prevent this virus's spread. Um, you know, there's clear evidence about how to do that, given you know, the, again, the social distancing, the the face coverings. There will there will be increased cases as as we move forward. The 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 key issue is to flatten that curve as much as possible to slow the spread of the virus so that we are able to care for people and don't overwhelm our healthcare system. Um, we're seeing that happening now in many states. Um, we're seeing that happening, unfortunately, in Imperial County. We've actually transferred um, uh, some patients from Imperial County uh, to Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. Um, so right now, our hospital, the good news is our hospital capacity is, is, is good. Um, but we're going to have to watch this and again, see whether this surge of increased cases, um, one, whether that surge continues and that curve continues to go up. And then secondly, whether that, um, that, that surge corresponds 
uh, with an increase in hospitalization rates two to three weeks from now. Um, this, this is, I mean, there's now data internationally, nationally, and statewide um, that unfortunately uh, these patterns do happen with, with this virus and we're doing everything we can, again, to slow it down by taking a pause right now. Thank you, Karishma. Our next question comes from Veronica Shepard. Veronica, you have the floor. Okay, I, I got lost. Hello, Dr. Koufax. As you know, I work out here with primarily African-American populations, especially our faith community. And we've heard, I've heard today about outbreaks that have happened across the city. Will we be informed where those areas are so we can inform the people that we engage with daily where to be concerned and cautious about? So we are, we, we share the outbreak information um, as appropriately as possible to help inform uh, our, our prevention efforts and the community and where we need to uh, uh, sustain, sustain our efforts. So if there are specific um, questions or concerns, uh, we can certainly get back to, to you and other stakeholders on that. Thank you, Veronica. And going forward, we just ask that if you come from a media outlet, if you would also kindly indicate which media outlet you come from. Our next question comes from Alex. Hi, Dr. Colfax, this is Alex at ABC7 News. Um, do you mind just taking a step back for a second and, and talking about the specific numbers that you guys have seen over the past seven days or so, or even since yesterday that you find most concerning as far as case numbers, positivity rate, and hospitalizations? Just getting a sense of those trends, please. Sure, so um, basically the trend rate is, is, is what I was talking about in terms of in terms of our uh, increase, um, uh, a few weeks ago, or on the 14th of June, and you can go to our data tracker and see this, we were at about, for our testing, we were at a, a 2.7 per 100,000 uh, positivity rate. Um, as of uh, yesterday, uh, we were at a 5.1. So we were, we went from a, from a yellow um, uh, to a, what we're now, what I think of as a high orange. And if that trend continues, um, over the next couple of days, um, uh, we could be in a in a red um, in our red zone. Um, so remember that our orange and red zones are uh, the most uh, uh, concerning zones, and especially when we're red, um, it means that we need to really take a hard look and, and consider um, pausing or even reversing. Which is why we've made the decision to pause now um, to take a look and see where where the data are headed. Um, our hospitalization uh, capacity is um, is relatively uh, good right now, and again, that's available on the, the data tracker if you um, if you want to, um, to to look at those numbers. As of uh, last night, um, we had uh, 45 people with diagnosed COVID-19 hospitalized across our um, hospital system, uh, including uh, and and 27 of those were in our intensive care units care units, and um, that also includes um, a number of transfers from uh, San Quentin and Imperial County. Right now in our hospital system, we have enough capacity that we are um, uh, accepting uh, the sickest, most in need from, from other parts of the state. Um, and again, we will be watching that capacity closely going forward, especially in light of this surge in, in newly diagnosed cases to see whether that again corresponds to an increase in hospitalizations two to three weeks from now. Thank you. Uh, friendly reminder, we do have the director for another eight minutes. Our next question comes from Janie Haar. Hi. 
Um, Dr. Colfax, thanks for having this. Um, I know that you haven't studied like, you know, where these new positive cases are coming from, but generally, is it a matter of people, you know, letting down their guard, having family over, not wearing masks? Um, and, you know, how, how, what more can you do or that can the state do to impress upon people that there's still a virus out there? Well, we don't. It's, it's, we don't know yet um, what the root cause of these, this increase is. I think it's probably a combination of factors. Um, I think we all as a um, community, as a society, need to reinforce the importance of facial coverings, um, offer people facial coverings. Um, you know, my mask protects you and your mask protects me. So it's an act of empathy and of protection uh, for others that, that one wears face coverings. So I think emphasizing that, doing outreach, um, ensuring that we're uh, working with community, I think it's much more uh, powerful for uh, neighbors and community members to encourage each other to uh, wear face coverings than you know, the public health department um, saying to do it, right? So I think we really need to increase uh, uh, the social norms around, around facial coverings across our communities and neighborhoods in San Francisco. Social distancing, um, when people can do it, that's, that's obviously a, a really key uh, intervention as well. And, you know, I think, look, we've been in, in a situation now for a number of months. People are tired. Um, this, this, it's hard to keep vigilance in this and, and realizing and figuring out, realizing that, um, supporting people's uh, mental and physical health um, in this really difficult time and realizing that there are steps that people can take to engage um, in safer ways that will um, mitigate the risk. The other piece that I think is really important to emphasize here is that we know um, from, from data that essential workers um, are at high, higher risk for, for testing positive. So another, you know, as we delve into this, this um, data and, and, and work to get an early read on this increase, one question is, are we seeing uh, higher rates of infection um, because um, more people are, are going back to work and, you know, not everybody has the uh, option to shelter in place. Um, so reinforcing um, the, the need for, for access to testing, uh, supporting policies that provide uh, workers with, with access to testing and to um, sick leave and other resources in, in, in the event that, they, that they, they test positive and ensuring that people know that if they test positive that um, we will provide them with appropriate isolation and quarantine if they, if they need it and can't do it on their own. Thank you. Friendly reminder to indicate which media advisory outlet you come from. Next question goes to Aiden. Hi, Dr. Colfax. This is Dean Vaziri from the Chronicle. Um, where are we at with contact tracing in the city? Is that program take off? So we are um, continuing to scale the program up. Um, right now, again, you can see the latest data on our data tracker. Um, as of yesterday, we were at uh, over 80% of cases um, contacted and over 80% um, 80, 80 of their contacts contacted, which is um, uh, a little bit below our, our, our uh, goal of 90%, but certainly um, high and, and certainly in comparison to other jurisdictions, quite high. Um, we continue to expand that program. Um, and again, we will, uh, be using uh, that program to further investigate and get a better um, understanding of um, what is what is potentially driving this this surge in cases. 
Our next question goes to Shannon Lynn. Shannon? Can I just add around the contact tracing, um, just to give people an appreciation of the size and scope. Before the pandemic, we had under a dozen people doing this work for all of our infectious diseases across the city. Um, and now we've uh, scaled up the program to um, around 150 active um, staff in that, in that field. And then we've trained nearly 300 people um, and can mobilize um, people from, um, from, from that cohort to do this work. So um, just a lot of, of, of work that's been done in, in, in improving that over, in, in, in increasing that over, over the last few months. Thank you. Shannon, go ahead. Hi, I'm from KQED, and I wanted to confirm whether or not there are any inmates from San Quentin who are currently hospitalized at any of the San Francisco hospitals. Are you able to confirm this? I can confirm that yes, um, there are um, there are inmates um, in San, from San Quentin in uh, in uh, uh, San Francisco hospitals. Do you know how many? Um, I. Do not have that information, um, but uh, Jenna can certainly follow up and see if she can provide that information for you. Our last question goes to Kate Larson. Kate? Hi, Dr. Colfax, Kate Larson, ABC7 here. Um, I interviewed Dr. George Rutherford on Wednesday night with UCSF. Uh, of course, he's a principal investigator for their contact tracing program. And he said that you could look on a map and see through their program that these outbreaks throughout the Bay Area are concentrated in the Mission District in San Francisco, in Fruitvale in Oakland, and in the Canal District in San Rafael. Um, so are you also seeing that? And I also spoke to Matt Willis, the health officer of Marin County um, as well this week, and he echoed the same thing through their contact tracing program. If you look at the list, you'll see the same last name over and over again because, you know, it's from families who are living together, you know, many people in home. Um, I'm wondering if your data this week is turning up the same thing, that you're seeing the concentrated in specific samples. And knowing that, what can the city do? Yes, yeah, so um, we have, again, you can go to our data tracker and you can see that um, the data are consistent with what, what, uh, what you're describing and what Dr. Rutherford has, has noted, which is um, we have a disproportionate, uh, COVID-19 is having a disproportionate impact um, on uh, the Latinx community. I would say that this, um, we, we saw this happening, unfortunately, um, based on our admissions at our public health hospital, Zuckerberg, San Francisco General Hospital, where very early on in the epidemic, uh, we were seeing a disproportionate number of patients admitted uh, who were Latinx. Um, we have been working, again, from the early days of the, the epidemic with the mayor's uh, task, uh, Latino task force on COVID-19, uh, ensuring that uh, uh, support services, education, the prevention um, uh, act activities are supported in, in terms of, again, the social distancing, the face masking, the hygiene, um, that we have get testing on the ground in the community, that there's access to testing. And then I think that um, with, we, with regard to the um, contact tracing that we've talked about, we have uh, over 50% of our cases um, are in monolingual Spanish and that we built a, um, 
a capacity to provide uh, culturally appropriate um, uh, services in, in that regard. And then also recognizing that uh, this is more than just about um, you know, testing, that this is about providing the wraparound services to people. Again, if people can't isolate or quarantine on their own, um, that we have hotel rooms available in the city for them. If there are concerns about food insecurity, that food is, is made available. Um, and then I think we really need to be um, work, continue to work uh, with employers um, and others because we know um, not everyone can shelter in place. And how do we ensure that uh, workers are being tested um, at an appropriate level and that employers are supporting employees in getting tested? And then very importantly, that they are supported in the time that they need off to ensure that, the, that they are um, healing and that uh, infection rate risk to others is, is mitigated. Thank you, Dr. Grant Colfax, for joining us for the San Francisco Department of Public Health Media Availability. Any other last uh, comments? And if you have no other statements, we will end our program. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been a special edition of Civic from the San Francisco Public Press, bringing you full audio of the latest city press conference about San Francisco's response to the coronavirus pandemic. You can find this audio and a brief text summary online at sfpublicpress.org. This was an update officials gave on Friday, June 26th. Because we are running full audio of the announcement only with pauses and silence edited out, we've had to interrupt our normal programming. We return you now to PRX Remix, storytelling from public radio. This is KSFP LP 102.5 FM, San Francisco.